This is Kirsty Marie Jones, an equine portrait photographer from Texas. This podcast is an amazing way to hear from a wide variety of equine photographers, and I am so excited to introduce Matt Cohen, who's unquestionably the world's finest rodeo photographer. Here's your host of the Equine Photographers Podcast, Peter DeMott. Welcome. You're listening to the Equine Photographers Podcast, the place to learn from top equine professionals around the world as they share their experience and knowledge on what it takes to be an accomplished equine photographer. Now, here is your host, Peter DeMott. This is the Equine Photographers Podcast, and today I have with me Matt Cohen, who is a rodeo photographer out west uh, in the Bay Area. And Matt, the first thing we usually ask is, uh, which came first, the camera or the horses? And uh, <laughs> so. uh, Camera for sure. Um, I definitely did not grow up with rodeo. I kind of only fell into it by accident. I have been a professional photographer for 10 years. I started out when I was pretty young. My dad was a pretty good amateur photographer and got me into photography, but I didn't really make a business out of it until about 10, about 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Rodeo and came a few years after that. How did it start out as far as your career goes? Uh, I started shooting uh, high school sports for a local newspaper in the peninsula of the Bay Area, so uh, Palo Alto, Burlingame area, and uh, just shooting high school football and basketball and baseball. Uh, just ended up getting sent to a rodeo. was only supposed to cover it for one night and ended up going back all the rest of the nights because I just fell in love with it. <laughs> okay. So you really had no connection with horses at all until then? Uh, no, I think I had been on a horse when I was about seven years old or something like that, but, uh, you know, didn't, I don't come from any kind of background that has, I'm I'm from the city. Uh, I've lived in the city my whole life, uh, and had never even seen a rodeo or a bull riding or anything like that on TV when I went to my first rodeo. So it was all brand, all completely brand new to me. So what is it that's captivating about rodeo that caught your eye or got you excited or whatever? Is it just I, the is it let me ask you yeah. this. Is it is it the continuous train wreck of rodeo? <laughs> for for me, I think the first thing that that caught my eye was the different events. So when you go I, I shoot uh, a lot of other sports as well. And when you go to a football game, you're shooting football. And the most different part of a football game is like a field goal or a punt or something like that. But it's all basically the same thing. When uh, baseball is the same, all the other sports are basically the same. It's all whatever sport it is. But rodeo could really be like five different, you know, five different sports. They just happen to all be in the same event. And that's, uh, I think that's what caught my eye. The the difference, you know, the, there's nothing, there's no, nothing in common between steer wrestling and bareback riding. It's, you know, it's just completely different. And so being able to go to one event and in two hours or three hours, be able to shoot all those different things and be able to experiment and figure it out was, it really definitely caught my eye. After that, it was the access, uh, just being able to stand around with the Cowboys as they're getting ready or after they're done or even while they're in the shoots 
when I shoot a professional football game or a baseball game, I, you're nowhere near the players. You're even on the sidelines, you're still 10 or 12 feet away from them. Um, you certainly can't be on the playing field like you can in rodeo. You can't get into the locker rooms at a football game or a baseball game. So I, for me, being close and having that kind of access just naturally leads to better pictures than you can get when you're the closest you can get to anything is 15 feet away. Right, right. So at a typical rodeo, would you say that two-thirds of it involves horses and just the, there's a certain cow cow part but i'm just i'm just kind of curious yeah. oh yeah well i mean I, all the events have horses even the bull riding has the guys that are uh you know the pickup men who are well the pickup men only come in after the rider is already safe and they come in to rope the bull and get it out of the arena if it doesn't go out by itself so uh, but it's bull riding obviously isn't horse based, but all the other ones, the bronc riding, calf roping, steer wrestling, barrel racing, team roping, all of that is it's all horse based. I noticed that you do a lot of the different social media. You have a website, a blog, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, I think. I'm yeah. not sure if you have Facebook. Yeah, I do. I have all of them. That's ridiculous. <laughs> how much did, how much time do you spend on that stuff and does it give you any uh, payback? I wouldn't say I spend a lot of time on it because really I pull pictures for social media in the course of just my normal editing. So I'll see one that I think that would be good if, you know, if it's a, a good rod or a really bad rod, <laughs> if something went really wrong. Um, you know, I'll just, I'll mark that as I'm going to put this on social media later. So it's not, I don't spend a whole lot of time on there. I basically just put the pictures up when I'm ready to put the pictures up and I'll answer some questions. If people want to know, um, you know, how I made a certain shot or, uh, something like that, but I don't spend a ton of time on social media itself, but it's funny because social media has been really important for, especially for my rodeo photography business, because when I shoot more of the major professional sports, there are already deals set up for the pictures with rodeo, especially when I started, I didn't have any clients at all. And it was all just, let me try to get the best pictures I can and see if I can make a business out of it. And part of that, part of that was, um, you know, I put a bunch of pictures up and somebody would tag who the rider was. Cause I, when I started, I had no idea who anybody was and they would tag the rider. And then that rider's sponsors would see it or the rider himself would see it. And uh, I need autograph cards or I want to wrap my trailer with this picture or something like that. And that's the foundation of my business was the clients that I got from putting stuff up on social media and having either themselves or their sponsors see it. Right now, what is the highest performing social media for you, would you say? Um, well, I think I get certainly most of my clients came from Facebook because that's the easiest one for you know, because when you tag someone, there's all, you know, so many other people are going to see it who aren't connected to you on Facebook. Um, it, but it's really weird because I, I have 56 something thousand followers on uh, Instagram, which is really insane when you stop to think about it. But I don't really do any business from there. It's really just um, a way to connect with people who are into rodeo. Um, so it, you don't because it's it's not the same the the social aspect of it when you 
tag someone, nobody sees it unless they're specifically going to look for pictures of a certain cowboy. So the it's a, it's a little bit more limiting in that way. Like people can go and see it and if they do an internet search or if, they, if they're searching on Instagram, they'll definitely find my pictures. But it's not like I tag somebody and then all of their friends and all of their sponsors and everybody else sees it. Like you have to be following me if you, you know, to see it. So Facebook has that extension where you can get into people's feeds who you're not connected with where Instagram just doesn't have that. So And then um, then all the people following them get to see it and accept it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, it just it spreads a lot a lot easier on Facebook than it does on Instagram. And um I like Instagram a lot. I like the form and I like the how it's just you can't just put whatever up there. It's like definitely image based, which is I think natural for photographers to be into. So I like I like Instagram. I do spend more time I think looking at pictures on Instagram than I do on Facebook because you it's more photos. It's not like the, you know, these, uh, images with, uh, politics on them and all that. Yeah. It's not, they're not like memes or anything. Like most of the stuff that I see, like the people that I follow are actual pictures. So I spend more time on Instagram than I do on Facebook, but Facebook is way more important to my business. Right. Okay. So, uh, in the rodeo business, you are in the Bay area of California, right? Yeah. I live in Napa, which is a little bit North of the Bay. And so, uh, are the, are these radios that travel the country or just hang around that area? Well, the, that, tell us the about PRCA, that. Yeah, I shoot PRCA rodeos. Um, they are PRCA as a national organization. They have rodeos in all the states. Um, do the Cal- riders ri- go all over the country? Yeah. So you get a mix of, um, national riders and then circuit riders. So the country is split up into circuits. And so the, the, the California is its own circuit because it's a big state. There's a lot of rodeos here. So uh, I run into a lot of California guys at California rodeos. But the the bigger rodeos where there's a lot more money up for grabs, people will come from all over the country to, to go to them. So at the smaller rodeos I shoot, it'll just be circuit guys. It'll just be California guys. The bigger ones, it's national. Mm-hmm. And do you have to travel all over the state to get to these or are they – or there yeah. are a lot of them around. No, there there aren't. There's there's only one really in the Bay Area proper. Uh, a couple smaller ones, um, but no, I go I go all over California. I go to Nevada, Oregon, Washington. Um, I've been to other states, but the those are the you know California, Oregon, Washington, Nevada are the ones I do most most often. Mm-hmm. So. This podcast is about the business of equine photography, and uh, so we want to dig a little bit into how you make a living out of this. Um, I see on your website you have a lot of magazine covers, a lot of Sports Illustrated uh, online pictures. When you say you go to these other states, are you doing it on assignments or on spec or just hoping to get a good shot? you know, that some magazine's going to want for the cover, you know, tell us about the income streams of this business. Yeah. So traditionally rodeo photography, if, if you wanted to make money at it, you're selling eight by 10 prints to the contestants. Um, that has been the, the way it's been forever. Um, that is not a big part of my business because, even when I'm not shooting, I'm 
delivering pictures to clients and I'm shooting other sports. So I don't really have a whole lot of time to manage that part of it. So I do it a couple times a year and it's, you know, it's fine, but it's not certainly not what pays my bills. Um, I don't shoot on spec in that I go somewhere and I don't go somewhere unless I know that somebody is waiting to take the pictures. Um, so I have clients that have me on retainer by year. And so they'll have access to anything that I take of the guys that they sponsor for a given amount of time. Most, mostly that's a year or two years. Um, okay. Have, so what you're saying is like uh, a boot company and a chewing tobacco company and this and that and the other that sponsor riders and have their emblems on their you know shirts and all that sort of thing. They want pictures of their guy. Yes. And yeah. So, and so you, you might go to a rodeo and have four or five guys that you need to really pay attention to. Yeah. Um, or is per, it more? Per, per client, it'll be four or five guys. Some of them have more. Some of them have less. I would say that's probably a pretty good average. Um, basically, my clients leave it up to me where I can go. And so I go to the ones that are closest to me because that's just you know more cost effective. The less I have to fly the you know the, the fewer nights i need to be in a hotel is better because i'm getting the pictures for cheaper and still selling them for the same um whatever the package is um so they leave it up to me where and when i go but then they have access to whatever i take for that given time and can use it on whatever we've negotiated whether it's uh autograph cards for signings or print ads or uh trailer wraps or uh you know, billboards, sides of buildings, things like that, whatever has been negotiated, then they have access to use it for that. And so the reason I do that is, again, the expenses of it, um, you know, not just gear, but also driving, um, staying places, uh, things like that. The, you know, just the expense of being on the road for weeks and months at a time. Um, so I, I need to know that I have people waiting to take those pictures before I go. It, I think if you were shooting rodeo on spec, unless you lived somewhere where there were a ton of rodeos within a couple hours, it would be very difficult to, to really guarantee yourself enough money to make it worth doing that. So that's my unless, business. Unless you were selling to the riders themselves. Yeah, but I just, I really, I question whether or not you can actually make a living in rodeo doing that. I know that in some of the other horse kind of sports you can do that, but in rodeo, like the, the more successful cowboys don't buy eight by tens, you know, like they, they've been there and they've done that. And unless something was really special, unless they won a rodeo that they've been trying for 10 years to win, um, maybe they'll buy a print then, or if they cross some kind of threshold, like if they became a million dollar career cowboy or something, like that on you know on that one specific ride and you have a picture of it or something then they will but otherwise it's uh you know it's just guys who had success here and there or it's the families of you know some of the younger kids or whatever like their first couple pro rodeos like there'll be a big market for those prints and with the families or whatever but i question whether or not anybody is making an actual living selling eight by tens to rodeo cowboys just because there are very few of them that are successful over the long term. And the ones who are successful over the long term are not buying eight by tens of themselves. Right. So you had to have a transition at some point from just shooting the rodeos to actually making some money. 
How long did that take to make that transition? It, it actually it took quite a while because I when I first started shooting rodeo, I was only getting into one or two per year. Um, so it wasn't uh, there was no way, even if I had great clients back then, I just wasn't shooting enough rodeo to have made a living doing that. But I was I still then and now shoot other sports for the rest of the year. And so who I, do you shoot those for? Uh, newspapers around here, wire services, um, some teams, some sponsors, uh, you know, pretty healthy mix of all of those. Uh, but I, you know, while I was getting into rodeo and building my rodeo business, it was all subsidized by shooting, uh, mostly at that point for newspapers. Um, that's kind of the editorial side of it has kind of gone away. Yeah, uh, I was going to say. Yeah, you, it's it's very tough to be a freelance editorial photographer now because the rates and the opportunities are just so much smaller. So I've I've moved as much of my business uh, commercially as as I possibly can because it's uh, it's just not it's not sustainable. Like the the rates, like if you uh, had something published in Sports Illustrated, it used to be a payday. Like you were, you know there was going to be a, a pretty good check at the end of it, a couple and, thousand bucks maybe. Yeah, for mm-hmm. a two-page spread or a cover or something like that, a couple thousand. Um, I don't know what a cover is now, but even like an inside two-page spread is only a few hundred dollars now. Um, wow, that's a big difference. Yeah, yeah, and they, you know, and and they're and they've gone from, you know, SI and pretty much every other magazine has gone from choosing the best picture available to whatever they can get for the least amount of money as their budgets have been cut and their editors have been cut. Um, you know, they, they have year long deals with whoever. And so those pictures essentially become free. And unless you're part of that, um, you know, whoever they're buying them from, you're not making any money at all because they're not going to choose it because why take something when you have to pay for it when you get something else for free. So it's been, it's been kind of sad because I, when I first started shooting, it was like a really big deal to get something into the print SI. And for a while, it's, you know, they started running, more and more pictures that were terrible and out of focus. And I mean, there have been SI covers that have been out of focus over the last few years. And it's really sad. Disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's really unfortunate because it used to be, you know, they, their staff, you know, when, when you got something into SI, like when I, maybe the first five years that I was shooting, it was a huge deal because they still had a staff of like 10 or 15 photographers and those guys were awesome. So you, you know, you beat all them. Yeah, yeah, like they, they chose something that they had guys who were on salary and they went out of their way to buy one of your pictures to to put in the magazine. Uh, that was a really big deal. But since then, they've laid off all those guys and they don't pay for um, freelance assignments like they used to and they don't pay for stock pictures like they used to. So it's all like that market just completely evaporated. Right. Now, I do see on your website you're in, you know, various rodeo magazines with covers um, – do you pursue those or are those the sponsors that say, hey, send this picture over to this publication? Uh, no, the sponsors don't have anything to do with the, the editorial side. Okay. Um, the, yeah, those magazines just look around for the pictures. And, it, you know, it's really – it's the same uh, on a smaller scale as SI. Like they just um, – there used to be more of a budget for those things than there are. And even magazines like American Cowboy, which um, I used to shoot for a bit – um, have gone from like they they won't even really run rodeo pictures all that much anymore because it's just not uh, as big a part of their business as more of like the western decor uh, 
Yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. it's more. It's just I don't know. I'm sure they've done research on it, but rodeo just isn't a big part of that anymore. And there's just not that many rodeo focused kind of magazines that will pay. So again, I've just moved as far away from editorial stuff. Like I don't turn it away, but it's definitely not something I spend any amount of time whatsoever pursuing because even if you get something in those magazines, it's not paying as well as it used to and not paying enough to, you know, to give those pictures away for that. This, uh, you know, chasing sponsor rider kind of idea, did you come up with that or is that something that is pretty standard operating procedure for a lot of photographers? Uh, you know, I, I don't, I can't really speak for what the other photographers are doing. For me, it just was an extension of what I was already doing in other sports. Um, so it just made sense for me. Um, you know, I don't think I'm really giving anything away. I think people have probably had to figure this out. You have to get as close to the end user as you can, because when you look at getting published in magazines or whatever, like they're not, those magazines aren't publishing you because they think you're a great artist. They're not publishing you to be nice. They're not publishing you to be your friend. They're publishing you because they need more pages to sell as many ads as they possibly can to make whatever it is profitable. And you're a cost to them and they want to keep that as low as possible. Um, so if they can find something cheaper, they will like, there's no, there's very little differentiation because all they're trying to do is sell ads. And if a picture raises to a minimum level of not embarrassing them, then they're going to go with that. If it's cheaper, you know, like there's just not, um, very few, like the art, you know, maybe like a strictly art magazine. I don't even know if there are those Smithsonian or something like that. Like they're going to, you know, maybe publish the best, possible pictures they can because that's what their mission is but then again sports illustrated is called sports illustrated (laughs) you know like the pictures used to be the main part of it and so as the the bar of what's been acceptable to publish in magazines has gone down the value of any of that has gone down so i try to you know either selling the pictures directly to the 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 cowboys like that's fine you can definitely do that the only other way to get closer to the end users to sell it commercially because those people their whole business is selling their products and they want their products to be in the best light that they possibly can be so that means a you know really really good picture of a guy that they sponsor using their stuff or wearing their stuff or saying i use this stuff um you know that's where the value is because they're whenever they sell a profit whenever they sell a product they're making a profit the magazine doesn't know one way or the other whether or not having one picture versus the other picture is adding any value to what they're doing and so they're just go for the cheapest one but if you're selling a product you can't have a marginal picture because it reflects on your product yeah the whole whole, you're trying to build your brand you're trying to get people to buy your product and if you're not using a great picture then, you know, people are more likely to turn the page without looking at it. But if you have something that's going to stop them in their tracks and say, I have to look at this, then you're going to be better off. So that's really the only place that there's any value left. Right. So you're sort of on a retainer with each of these uh, participants that has sponsors. And well, no, it's, it's, with, it's with the actual sponsors. Like I very rarely deal directly 
with the participants at all. Like they, it's all above, you know, above them, like with the people that sign them to the deals. And do, do they just have a blanket amount of money that they spend on you per year? Or do yeah. you have, do they have a, a menu of things they could buy from you that might increase that? Well, the, the people, the people that have me on retainer, it's just, that's what it is. You know, like we agree on what the terms are, like how they're going to be using the pictures. Like if somebody says, okay, well, we're going to be doing billboards and ads and trailer wraps and uh, autograph cards or whatever, then that's, and then we have 15 cowboys or something. And that's one thing. But if you have another one, it was just like we have three guys who, um, you know, we're a helmet. We make bull riding helmets and we have three guys who are under contract. And the only advertising we're going to do is social media and autograph cards or something like that. That's a whole different thing. So it's tailored based on how many guys and how they're going to use the pictures. I do have one off clients who come to me and say, oh, I saw this picture you took of our guy and we're doing an ad in uh, rodeo news or the PSN or something like that. And we want to use it for a one-time thing. Like, yeah, I'll definitely sell them a picture, but I don't base my business based on people buying one-off pictures because it would be rodeo is not big enough to really, to do something like that. Like you're not going to have in, in a different sport. If I go somewhere and I take a picture of, uh, you know, somebody who's climbing the side of a mountain for an outdoor brand or something like that, I know that that picture is probably going to run in like 10 different magazines and it's going to be like the total, you know, 150 insertions in newspapers and magazines and in stores or whatever. Like that's a whole different thing. And you could do only a few of those a year and make a living doing that. The client was big enough. And if the buy was big enough, it was going to run in big places. But in rodeo, like there's so limited number of outlets that you really need to, um, you know, it, it needs to be, you know, prearranged and I have to know how much I'm going to make per client to make it worth it for me to go to all these different rodeos. So, right. Okay. That all makes sense. So on your website, there's a thing by the contact page and it says, uh, if you're asking for free pictures, (laughs) uh, forget it. Don't, don't (laughs) click this button or whatever it was. Yeah. Tell us, tell us about that a little bit. Uh, rodeo is, it's the weirdest thing. Like I'd never, in the whole t- in ten years that I've been shooting sports, um, it, you know, and keep in mind I shoot other sports for mm-hmm. seven or eight months out of the year, so I'm shooting other sports way more often than I'm shooting rodeo. Oh, okay. I, I've, I've never ever had anybody ask me for a free picture for any other sport at any level, high school on up through the pros, ever. But in rodeo, it happens about once a week. I would huh. say. Um. And this is because rodeo photographers have been locked into this eight by ten model for so long that they're you know that's all that that's all I think about. Either they're selling an eight by ten or they're not, and there's they're just not considering any kind of value beyond that. So, um, you know, a little newspaper in Oklahoma when what's a free picture? <laughs> right, you know, the guy who lives in that town in Oklahoma wins yeah. a big rodeo or something. Then they're looking for pictures. They go on Facebook and they see that he's tagged in one. Oh, but you know, we only print a thousand copies. Okay. Well, you can definitely pay a hundred dollars then. Right. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. They so five bucks. <laughs> yeah. It's just no, or, or no, no. Most, of them, yeah. most of them, we don't have any budget at all. And, um, that's, I've I've kind of made a name for myself being a problem when people ask me for free pictures because 
if my time is already wasted when I have to pick up the phone, you know, like if somebody's calling and it's like Oklahoma, it's like, okay, well, this might be a client or a contestant who wants something or whatever. So I pick up the phone and have to sit there explaining why I'm not giving somebody a free picture because, you know, they're running ads, they're getting paid, somebody's getting paid, I need to get paid. It doesn't need to be a ton, but it needs to be something. These people insist on wasting my time by calling, even after I, you know, you cannot get my contact information on my website without seeing this warning. And it's pretty clear. There's no room for misunderstanding, but people call me anyway. Oh, wow. So so I'll put it out there on Twitter and Facebook and whatever, like this publication uh, ignored all my warnings and still called me anyways. (laughs) They uh, don't like it at all when that happens. They don't like being called out for that. But, uh, you know, they're, when they call, they think, oh, well, you know, what's the worst that can happen? He can say no. Well, the only way that I can kind of tip the scales against all of this is to say that's actually not me saying no is far from the worst thing that can happen. I'm going to embarrass you because you wasted my time and you ignored. I'm a professional photographer. I'm not just some guy who goes out on the weekends and I have a job that pays my bills or whatever. Like, I, I need this to, this is what I do. This is how I pay my bills. And so wasting 15 minutes of my time asking me, or, you know, oh, can you please call us? We, you know, we want to, we have a business proposition. And, oh, the business proposition is we'll give Free you pictures. photo credit. Yeah. <laughs> well, guess what? I get photo credit on the ones that I sell to magazines. So why, you know, it's just, that's, but again, these people have been trained by years of dealing with rodeo photographers that, oh yeah, they want to be in the newspaper. Because it's you know. free publicity for them, right. supposedly. But it's, yeah, right, but it's, it's a waste of our time. Yeah, nobody looks at a photo credit. Nobody says, "Oh, well, you know, this person." I better, uh, I better call them to hire, yeah. hire them for photography. Free, free pictures lead to other free pictures, right. and that's, um, you know, that's something that I tell anybody who's just getting started is that, um, you know, if you're planning on doing this for a living, then it's really best to just start out at the beginning by not giving pictures away. There are, there are exceptions, you know, like I have given pictures away to, uh, you know, people who lost a horse, you know, like a steer wrestler, uh, lost his good horse a couple of years ago and his mother called and said, you know, explained the situation and said that they were, uh, you know, doing like a, uh, online Oriole or yeah, an album like that. It's been that. Yes, absolutely. You can have a free picture for something like that. But if somebody is making money and by making money, I mean by either reselling it on something or running an ad or uh, with it. Yeah. Using it for an ad or, you know, even having it in a newspaper where there's an ad next to it or something like that. Like in these situations, money is changing hands and I'm not going to be the one in that situation who's not making any money. Like the people that write for the newspaper, the people that own the newspaper, the people that are advertising, get val- everybody gets value for it. I'm not going to be the one that doesn't get value for it. That's, I, I can't make it any simpler for people. This is what I tell anybody that calls looking for pictures. Like I'm not going to be the one who did all this work and who traveled, who you know drove five hours to a rodeo and sweated it out in 105 degrees uh, you know, laying in the dirt or whatever to get this picture so that everybody else can have value from it except for me. You know, I spent just this year probably twenty five, twenty seven thousand dollars in in gear, right? Just this year. Um, you know, not to mention hotels, driving around, all of that kind of stuff. Like if, if I'm not making money on a picture, nobody's making money on that picture. That's just it. Mm-hmm. So 
I people it makes in sense. Road, it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, you people know, in road, they don't get it, and it, um, you know, they they find out the hard way sometimes. Yeah, a lot of people, you know, when they're new, they just think, "Oh, that credit that'll mean a lot." It yeah, it means nothing. Uh, it it means nothing. At yeah. all. It means less than nothing because once you get a reputation for for doing that, if you if your pictures show up in places where other people know that those pictures were free, then they expect free and. It's so hard to negotiate off of free because even if you get a little bit of money, even if you talk them up a little bit, you're still not making enough money for it to to be worth it. You're still not getting fair value for it. So if you not set even worth your time to make the right. conversation, yeah. Right. If you set if you set the floor at zero, you're always going to be fighting for something that's not even worth it enough. So you do some other sports, and radio is only part of the year. What percentage of the year or the income of the year comes from rodeo stuff? Uh, I shoot rodeo five months out of the year, so basically like March through August, maybe into September a little bit. Um, the rest of the year, like in the fall, I shoot uh, pro and college football, uh, some college basketball. In the winter, it's hockey and basketball, and then back to rodeo. So that's it, – it, some auto racing here and there, some, uh, winter sports here and there, depending on, uh, you know, whether it's an Olympic cycle or, um, you know, not like there'll be more kind of one-off events leading up to Olympics, things like that. How are you, how are you making the money on those sports? Uh, either through commercial sales, uh, sometimes newspaper gigs, sometimes wire service gigs. Um, it's definitely, um, I, even though I spend less time shooting rodeo, I spend more time, um, you know, working rodeo stuff. Like, um, I shoot way more actual pictures at a rodeo because there's more events and they're longer than, than a traditional game. You know, certainly like if you go to a football game, the game is 60 minutes of clock time, but the action, you know, could only be like 10 minutes. Like they, uh, studies on, you know, like the clock keeps running in between plays or whatever. So there's much less to shoot in general. So I have way more rodeo pictures. So they take longer to edit and then working with the clients on making the deals and delivering the pictures and, um, you know, getting, you're usually delivering these to the sponsors as, uh, just, uh, electronic files, right? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, so I spend way more time on rodeo and I definitely make, um, I would say probably I shoot maybe 40% of my time is shooting rodeo. Maybe 60% of my time is total dealing with rodeo. Um, I would say it's probably a, probably a pretty even split between rodeo and non-rodeo stuff, but um, maybe a little bit less time shooting and a little bit more time uh, dealing with clients. Just before we uh, close up, I'd like to try to keep this around 35, 45 minutes, but um, I noticed you have a podcast called, uh, what is it called? Big it's Lens? Called Big Lens Fast Shutter. Yeah. yeah. Are you able to monetize that as well or not? Yeah. Um, we have like a donor model with that. We use Patreon, which is, um, I don't know, I guess it, like a lot of arts kind of things are um, organized through there. So we have people who pay us on a, you know, monthly basis, um, you know, $10 a month, $20 a month, something like that. And it's been really cool. Like the, the, doing the podcast itself, it's, um, trying to help people get better at sports photography. And 
we have a lot of young kids, you know, just out of high school or in college or just out of college who are trying to get better at it to new pros. But also we have like people who just want to shoot their kids, you know, like they're not at all professional photographers and they just want to get better at, you know, getting good pictures of their kids playing little league or whatever. So I've been doing it for five, a little bit more than five years. And we've gotten to a point where we've seen people go from being pretty bad to being really good and getting gigs and the people who I think the people it's completely, the payment is completely voluntary. Like you can listen to it and watch our and things like that for free. But, um, I think the people who get the most out of it have been the most willing to, to donate to us. And so it's definitely another stream of income. Um, and so in addition to the, it being gratifying to help these people get better at it, um, you know, there's, there's money involved in it too. It's not, it's not a big enough podcast to sell ads against it. Um, you know, sports photography is not uh, a huge market. Like it's not pop culture. It's not even just general photography. Like when you kind of drill down to the level of sports photography, it's a pretty small market. So we've, we've never really even looked into uh, monetizing it with ads, but the, the, the monthly donations have kept it going. Well, I have to consider that for the Equine Photographers podcast because yeah. that is a pretty limited area as yeah, well. Absolutely. But uh, it is amazing how many photographers are in this niche, you know, that focus exclusively on equine. So you're a little bit broader than that, but it was one of our other uh, photographers that was interviewed said, I ought to give you a call, and that's why I did. So I'm going to go ahead and close it up right now. How can people see your stuff or reach you? Give us your list. Yeah, I'm Matt Cohen Photo pretty much everywhere. M-A-T-T-C-O-H-E-N Photo. Um, my site is mattcohenphoto.com. Um, Twitter and Instagram, both Matt Cohen Photo. Everything I do is basically up there. Um, my portfolio site has rodeo and non-rodeo stuff. My social media is mostly organized around rodeo, so... And then uh, if you want to, you know, get better at photography, sports photography, uh, biglensfastshutter.com. And that's a website as well as a podcast? Yeah, we have, uh, podcast, website. We do critiques uh, on YouTube. Um, it's it's pretty cool, actually, if you anybody wants to get better at shooting, you know, it, sports mostly. But um, I think you can extend that to, you know, any kind of athletic, you know, horses or anything like that. I think there's information that could be helpful there too sure okay well thank you so much for uh giving us your time Absolutely. and uh i hope that some people will go check out your podcast as a result of this podcast yeah and I uh, thank you very much absolutely thank you thanks for joining us for the equine photographers podcast we hope you were inspired to grow and improve as an equine photographer by listening today Join us for the next episode to learn and grow and to be inspired as we interview some of today's outstanding image makers.